What's up, guys? It's Jordan back here with Starting a Startup. Hey, it's good to be back and getting a little bit of an update of what's going on here. It's been uh, about a month, I think. I think the 27th, yeah, 21st. So, yeah, coming on just shy of a month since I last gave you guys an update. And uh, we've got quite a few different updates to be able to give. Um, so, if you haven't listened to this podcast, what this is, is I am chronicling exactly what I did to get a business up and running, uh, what our team did, uh, multiple different businesses, right now the one being mainly brick and mortar. Now, here's the thing with that. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Haven't since day one, but every step of the way, I'm figuring it out. And a lot of what I'm doing, this is the first time that people are doing this with our uh, multi-use entertainment. So um, it's a new journey for a lot of different things. So um, please take everything I say with a grain of salt, do your own research, but uh, also listen back ahead a couple of episodes. Make sure that you uh, hear the mistakes that I make as I come back forward. Um, actually, it's kind of nice. you know. Yesterday, actually today, today is my last day physically on the schedule at High Caliber Card and Entertainment at the physical brick and mortar location. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm still on there on Sundays. I don't need to be there. We got full management staffing to manage it during that time. I just, I like working Sundays. Um, but I'm actually going to be able to transition over to what my role really should be, which is growing the business with, um, you know, multiple locations, expansions, um, new technologies, that type of stuff. Um, so this is hopefully going to free up a little bit of time to where I can actually focus on doing a podcast more often and updating you guys on so many things I miss. Uh, it's unfortunate that I can't get into this podcast every single week because there's so many lessons every single day that I learn that would be valuable for people to hear. But uh, unfortunately, I give you the best that I can give. Um, so on that note, a couple of uh, new updates. So uh, the very first thing, uh, let's talk about the brick and mortar high caliber card and entertainment. Um, so the brick and mortar is a uh, indoor go-kart track, axe-throwing arcade, bar, restaurant, VIP rooms, just a big adult playground. Um, it has been booming. Business has been absolute insanity lately. Uh, really, the big question is, is, is the business insanity because we did things right or is it just the holiday season and this is what does it? Um, it's December 21st, 2019 right now. There's a damn good chance that here in 9, 10 days that we're going to be able to learn one way or another with that. I'm actually quite confident that the faucet's not going to turn off. You know, a while back, we kept on thinking uh, as a team, we're like, man, you know, at some point things are going to slow down and we're going to be able to plan for our operations and be more strategic and uh, think things through more. And God, it was probably two months of that. And we started to realize that shit, it isn't going to slow down. This is what business demand is going to be for us. Now, the, the, um, the exception to that is probably going to be the events. That is a huge component of business for us right now. We have been just blowing the doors off that place with hosting corporate Christmas parties and birthday parties and bachelor parties. I mean, just absolutely like crazy. And the holidays really tend to drive a lot of that. But we're not asking for it. This is just people calling us, and we're doing our best to just be able to answer the goddamn phone. So we brought on an entire events team. So we've got... Uh, three events admin administrators, uh, we've got a full-time events concierge, and then we have a event salesperson as well as, uh, obviously, I think you guys all know, uh, Jalissa, my wife, uh, she's hosting it. Um, and it has been amazing to watch. So our events team basically has, you know, they had the demand. We got a good product and everything, but like with any product, it needs somebody to be able to sell it. Jalissa dove into our events team and within, God, a month, month and a half, She's got an events team that's able to process over one and a half million dollars in sales per day. 
or I'm sorry, per year. So holy shit, think about that. In a month and a half, you're going to create a business that does one and a half million dollars worth of revenue. Now, regardless of what type of product you have to the side, that is a impressive freaking feat. But along with that comes a lot of operational challenges. And that's what we're doing is getting these people in place and helping understand what works best. Well, one of the things I've been learning is that when you're trying to put these operations in place and you've got multiple different businesses within one business, how you communicate that and the series of effects of every decision, how badly that um, trickles down is, I mean, it's just, it's amazing. It is if I make a decision based on how we service a customer in an event, it's going to affect my restaurant and my registration staff and my website, my website and my marketing and my cart track operations and my axe throwing room and all the way down to how my tips reports are going to be done and how much money we have to put in the safe. There are so many different things that have to be taken into consideration because we've standardized so many processes. When we add a new standardized process, it can affect all those other things. And it's a lot of times we put it into play, into action and we find that we have to make a modification to it. So that's really what we've been doing for the last several months is just trying to figure out what is our, you know, our best bang for the buck because making a change is an exponential amount of work already. I remember when I was working for Bridgestone, I had, I was working uh, or doing an interview to be an area manager uh, in charge of, I think 12 stores, if I remember right for that area. And they started talking to me about how when you're running an independent store, you're on a speedboat and you're cruising down and you want to change direction, you just turn that wheel and it darts the other direction. Now, as your business gets larger and larger, you become more of a ship. And now the ship has to identify challenges and issues far ahead because if I'm a fucking battleship, something like, let's say, you know, a Facebook or a Google or something like that, to avoid that huge issue down uh, ahead down the line... I have to start turning hundreds of yards back. You know, I have to start thinking about it. I have to identify that challenge way, way, way ahead of my of where I'm at. Um, and this is often why small companies are able to innovate so much faster than large companies is because of this. They they see the challenge, but it takes. They have so many different things they have to take into consideration to make a change that it makes it tough to move. And honestly, with many companies, it makes them just not move unless it's a really high value option. So we're getting more and more towards that ship mentality as we're bringing on more and more people. But what we realized was, was the biggest challenge we had was the lack of independent thought. Um, so our team has been running absolutely like crazy. I've been personally at the facility probably about 110 hours a week since we've opened. Um, actually, tomorrow... Uh, my wife and I were taking four days off in a row, and that is more days off than I have taken since the grand or since the ribbon cutting. That's more than I have taken in total during that time. And understand that starting your own business, it's a lot of work, but I'll tell you this much, it doesn't feel like it. It's you'll get tired, you'll get exhausted, it's gonna happen. And honestly, any new promotion you take, a new job, a, um, you know, a step up, a new challenge, it's gonna be like that. But it got me to think a little bit about the uh, the maturation process. You know, I think back to Bridgestone and they often would say, slow down, things take time. And I didn't understand that mentality because that's a very vague thing. It takes time. Well, how much time? And what should you be doing during that time? Should you just be sitting back and waiting and kind of letting things take their course and move independently in a slow fashion? Or do you push as hard as you fucking can nonstop and understand that just because you're pushing doesn't mean that it's going to move? 
So I realized that the idea of the Grant Cardone 10x mentality, doing 10 times as much as anybody else, is accurate. You do need to do 10 times as much as anybody else. But understand that you're only going to move maybe three times as much as anybody else. It's a lot more effort for a lot less payoff because you're going to physically fizzle and burn. I don't believe you can be effective over 100 hours. Today, I'm working on my dad's Chevelle. I'm recording this podcast. I'm doing some of the jobs around the house before I go into work. I was driving to town to pick up water softener salt, and I realized how weird it felt that I was doing something other than working. I noticed the trees. I noticed the cars going by the road and the changes in the house and or the houses on the road. And I just, I realized I've been in a world just of nothing but that business for so long. And it makes it so it's very hard to innovate because all you're thinking about is what's currently in front of you. You know, they had a study about, uh, you know, people who are bored and whatnot and how much more creative they were. And that was a huge aspect of it was being bored drives innovation because you want to, or you have the ability to see what could I do differently with this rather than just trying to make it fucking work like you often do when you are just buried in the business. So I started understanding, you know, I've seen people who come in, you know, start a new job and they're like, oh, well, it takes time to get a team going. It takes time. It takes time. And I realized that, yes, that is true, but all too often do people take that into a, they, they, they just believe that that means that they shouldn't move fast, that they can just take it slow and it's going to naturally start to come to place. But no, it means fucking push, 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 do your fucking best every single second of every minute that you're working and be intelligent about it. Look at it strategically. Schedule yourself time to sit down and write out what are your challenges and how are you going to overcome them and building your lists and making sure that you're allocating your resources and your time and saying no. And that's a really big one right there is saying no to things that are not of value to you. So when you're doing that, it's still going to take time to mature. So I want to give you an example. So we're talking about how we're going to handle uh, events when they flow into our facility. Now, there is a lot of challenge to this. The biggest issue being that the people who host events with us often don't do the work of themselves that is required, which is the pre-registration. Go online, register your name. Really, that's about all we need. If you give us a na- the list of who's coming and those people do registration, uh, we can host an event that goes flawlessly. But notoriously, it never happens. We have three or four or five people who don't who don't. Uh, show up or or they don't uh, do their registration or when they register no shit they give a fake fucking name or something like that because people are ridiculous and it makes it so that when everybody shows up it is a nut house to try to find these people and accommodate them into the built itinerary we have so we sat down and we're asking ourselves well is our itinerary too rigid is that the issue it makes it hard to to change or should we put penalties on the customer for not doing their their at their side of this job um there's a lot of different questions we did to that. So we started changing things in the contract to make it so that it did put some of the ownership and responsibility on the customer because it needed to. And then we also were able to put things in there to say that there's, you know, there's recourse for that action. So if you have people who don't register, we have to charge X amount or whatever for this. So basically it's going to make it so that they are more encouraged to be able to do what they're supposed to rather than us just saying, you need to do this. They have penalties for their actions that are real. Now, we don't want our customers to have those fucking penalties. It's, I mean, it's kind of like the uh, overdraft fee at the bank. Ideally, I mean, to, to me, for our business, we don't want our customers to pay penalties and fees. We just want them to do what the fuck they're supposed to do so that we can do what we do best and have a really kick-ass event. 
We're not doing it just to make it easy for us. We're doing it to make it great because nobody else in this fucking country is doing anything like we are for scheduling events and hosting them to the, de to the degree that we are right now and the de degree that we're building it into. So with that, we bring a lot of challenges. And I feel like I'm talking in circles saying the same thing over and over. But basically, as we're going through and we're talking about, you know, how are we going to do when somebody walks in? What are we going to give them? When are we going to give it to them? And what do we do when these issues happen? It went all the way down to, okay, how much money needs to be in the safe for tips that for this? How are we going to pay out these tips? They need to go on a paycheck. Now we need a form to be able to track this stuff. When we track this stuff, what issues can we come into? Who gets what of each event? I mean, all of these pieces, it was a two and a half hour conversation to talk about how do we receive an event? And I mean, it's the biggest issue that we have in our business right now. And that's what anything is with growing within a company or creating your own business is identifying what is your biggest obstacle and challenge and taking that, that obstacle out. So we figured it out. We got a good plan going forward, but there's a lot of fucking changes. And what we realize is, is that if you make a gigantic change like this, it's got to fucking work because going back isn't an option. Think about that. If you've got 80 people that you say, okay, no longer are we using the red tags for, for the red track, for, for people to go to the red track, we're going to start using gold ones, right? Now you've got 80 people that have to understand that you're going to gold wristbands or tags or whatever the fuck you want to do. Now imagine if a month later you're like, shit, that didn't work. The, you know, the manufacturer's out of stock of gold or whatever, or it didn't make sense. We're going back to red. Now everybody is in the habit of giving gold wristbands. You just broke the red. You're going back to red. Now all of a sudden there's confusion. Who's doing it right? Who's doing it wrong? There's a lack. There, there's a shitload of communication that has to happen and constantly reaffirming to our employees of how it's done. Now imagine if we go from red to gold and then we can't get either and we have to go to blue. Then you're constantly changing and people are frustrated because there's so much confusion. So every change you make has to be very calculated and thought through to make sure that you've accounted for all the potential issues that you can come into and looking and saying, how can we execute on this to make sure that everybody understands it and everybody is able to do it? I'm sure I've said this before in the podcast, but I've talked about a roadmap. So if I need to get from my house to my the headquarter facility, and I tell somebody, all right, I need you to go to the facility and pick this up for me. And they've never fucking been there before in their lives. And for some reason, they don't have a cell phone that has Google Maps on it, right? I need to tell them where to turn, at what point, how long it should take, and like give them landmarks. And it's the same thing for if I'm building anything uh, uh, to, to release some operational change. What is it that we need to do? How much time do we have to do it? What steps do we need to do in along the way to be able to do those things? And who is going to be in charge of those steps? When you sit down and you lay those things out, you have the recipe for a fantastic operational change. The problem is, is that you're running like fucking crazy because it's a new job, it's a new position, or it's a new company. And you are just trying to get things operate. You're just trying to do every day what is coming through the door and handle that. You're not taking the 10 fucking minutes to sit down and say, What's my number one challenge? What solutions do I have to those challenges? Who can resolve these challenges? And how much time do they have to be able to resolve them? And then having the conversation with them. That 10 or 15 fucking minutes can solve months worth of issues. But if you don't have the staff there to be able to maintain or just keep our head above water with the demand that's already there and make sure that you don't lose face to the customer like shutting the fucking doors to figure this out, 
you're going to struggle. So we realized that we were all working multiple full-time jobs and we were doing it really poorly because we were tired. So we kind of came up with a rule of anything you do, you need to take a step back and ask yourself, is this something that could be a full-time job? And if it is, immediately put out a posting to try to hire for it. Because of that, we started raising, we started uh, promoting a lot of people internally within our facility and we've also started recruiting from the outside. And I cannot tell you how stress relieving this is to see that I can pull myself off of a day-by-day work schedule on the floor to get back to thinking strategically of how can we be more efficient with what we're doing in our business or how can we even have more fun with our business because when you're stressed out, you don't have a lot of fun. So those are, I mean, that's that's really the big update with the business of, the, I mean, those are the challenges that we're going through. But understand that with any business, you're still going to have that maturation process of getting, you know, we start something new, it's going to take time for that to come into place and being patient with that. Now, there's always going to be the top 10% is going to pick up on it like that, just bam, I've got it, I figured it out, they've asked the questions, and they take charge to be able to get the situation where they need it to be, to be able to uh, understand it better than anybody else. Now, the bottom 10%, that's going to be your turnover. I think a healthy company is has 10% turnover. And that might seem weird. Everybody wants to keep everybody that they bring on board. But at the end of the day, some people just aren't going to match the culture of a company. And that's okay. They're going to go find a culture that they do match. And that's great for everybody because then we can stay friends and everybody can be happy. Our culture of our company is to work your fucking brains out and have your fun at work because you're already going to be there. You know, I know many people, I know, uh, Specifically, off the top of my head, I have a, a friend who's an engineer that 40 hours is what he does. That's it. I mean, if, at the 40-hour mark, he shuts the doors, he walks out, and he goes and spends time with his family. And there's a lot of, you know, I admire that. There's a lot of value to that, but that's not who I am. I would be bored and I would be anxious doing that. And that's, you know, to each their own. But there's also that in-between 80%. And those are the people that have figured out how to make... Uh, the business operate well, but they don't take charge. They're there, they perform, they do what they need to do, but they don't have the confidence to hold themselves to a higher standard and help guide other people. Now, this is kind of the, the, the inside of what a corporation sees, okay? So we're looking and we're promoting people. Now, many corporations, everybody talks about how, you know, it's a cutthroat organization and people have to uh, step on one another to get where they're going, but I can tell you right now that that is a very few and far between situation. I want you to change how you think about a corporate hierarchy. You do not, don't look at it as stairs. I want you to look at it as a fence. So often before it was a company ladder or a stairway to get be able to get to the top, but it's not. It's passing wall after wall, going over the walls. If I think about it in my head, the best I can describe it, they call it Berlin Wall and Tough Mudder. You've got these 10 or 12 foot walls and it takes two people to be able to get over it. Now, some people are prepared and they've, they're athletic enough and they're able to just get to the top of that 12 foot wall real quickly and climb and swing over it and keep moving on. But often what you need is that middle 80% is gonna need somebody at the top to grab their hand and pull them over or somebody from the bottom to buckle their fingers together to have a stepping platform to lift them up. Understand that every person that surrounds you has the ability to raise you up, has the ability to re- reach a hand over that wall. It just might not be, I don't know, financial acumen or something like that. Maybe they don't know how to handle cash. Maybe they don't know how to budget. 
and the, but they might know really well how to do marketing. And they're going to be able to reach their hand over the wall with that marketing. And when they run into challenges with budgeting, and if you're good at that, you reach your hand over that wall and you get them across that obstacle and onto the other side together. That is how a corporation grows and improves. It's not you step on one another. It's you fucking pick one another up and you keep moving. And the more people you pick up, the more hands you're going to have on the other side to be able to bring you over to the other end. That's how you fucking grow. And that's how you build a community. And we've been able to do that with our company. And we've been able to do that with everybody in our, our area. If you have positive promotion of people around them and you value them for what they are bringing to the table, not what you value, you're going to find yourself in a fucking great place in life and you're going to enjoy it a whole lot more. Now, want to be that top 10%? If you want to be that top 10%, you need to be the person who is physically fit, the one who prepared for it, who saw the obstacles up ahead of the time and so they ran and they worked on their calves and they worked on their upper body and their pull-ups because they knew that obstacle was there and they knew how they could overcome it. That's how you become the top 10% of a company is by identifying the challenges ahead of time and preparing yourself, putting the operations in place to be able to overcome that. Once you continuously do that, you're constantly just reaching behind and pulling people up all the time because you're able to get there by yourself. Can you fucking imagine working with somebody who constantly can find the solutions, always has the answer for you, and is also humble enough to guide you and listen to you. That's the top 10%. The top 10% isn't people who know everything. They're people who have, who have seen the obstacles ahead and value other people's inputs and also see that they could possibly, if they can't solve it, they can't come up with a solution, somebody else is gonna be there for them and being humble enough to do that. They're prepared enough to handle it by themselves but understand that they may not be the most effective one to do it. So that person who's jumping that wall by themselves, they're prepared for it. They're ready to go. They have went to the gym. They have scheduled the time. They have reviewed the obstacle. They know exactly how they're going to approach that wall. But at the same time, they realize if they jump 50 walls in a row, they're going to get fucking tired. And if they're 50 walls ahead, they're not going to have anybody around them to reach a hand over the other side and bring them forward. That's where the maturation process handles is that a lot of these things just physically take time. You Once you put something in place, reiterate it. Think of the five-star hotels or restaurants. You When you go to those, everybody's on point. They know exactly what to do with every single situation, and there's always a resolution for any problem that comes up. And a lot of times those resolutions are because they've been able to put the resources and tools in place and have the finance to be able to support it. Like... You know, somebody comes in and, hey, I forgot my luggage. I need clothes. Cool. We're going to send somebody out and go get clothes for you. That shit fucking happens. It is there. So to put those pieces in place, it didn't just say, hey, if we have customers show up without suitcases, we're going to get them clothes. Well, where are you going to go? What car are you going to pay for? Who's going to go do it? How do you make sure you get the right things? How often should this be offered? What does the customer need to do to be able to do that? Do we identify that ourselves or do we wait for the customer to say something? Those are all the questions that you need to put in place. And when you ask all those questions, you'll find yourself being at that top 10% because you're overcoming the obstacles before they ever be, uh, present themselves. All right, so that's, that is our high caliber carding brick and mortar and a little bit of my tangents. I know I'm great at it, but that's exactly, my, when my mind starts rolling, this is exactly what happens. I just keep talking with it, especially when I don't structure myself of uh, how this conversation should go. So sorry about that. Hope you enjoy that. On to combat carding. All right. So if this is your first podcast, we also have a division of our company, actually two other divisions of our company. Uh, one of them 
is a technology company. We create technologies to increase user entertainment experience. Another one is the franchising side, which sets the procedures and standards and is, uh, sets us up for duplication across the country. Now, the franchise is kind of sitting a little bit closed right now, not really doing anything with that right now, because we just agreed to a 25,000 square foot expansion where we're going to add a bunch of uh, foaling lanes, which um, is basically a combination of football and bowling. Um, we're going to put a giant bar in there, archery tag, which is fucking fun, but I think I talked about that in the last podcast. Um, and you know, like cornhole, things like that. We want to make a chill atmosphere. Our goal is, is to make this facility like the baddest fucking, uh, college hangout. Like imagine like those kick-ass frat parties back in the day that everybody feels like they had to grow out of, but still wants to be a part of it. Well, we want to create that atmosphere for people to be able to come be a part of it and not feel guilty that they're acting like college kids. We all want to, it's okay. Let's fucking talk about how fun it is to flip off your friends when you see them and how everybody's smoking pot. Like, I know it's uncomfortable, but come on, guys. Everybody's fucking doing it. So just have fun with it and be positive. So combat carding just fucking exploded. Um, we've got the third largest uh, carding manufacturing company has reached out to us for adaptation over to their uh, over to their carts. Um, and they started shipping us some parts on how we can do adaptation to that because the Andretti family is interested in our technology and wants to see about adopting it into their 12 locations across the United States. On top of that, we also caught the attention of one of the largest cart supplying distributors in the world. Uh, they want to be able to distribute our technologies uh, internationally. Um, so Jalissa and I are going to be flying to Germany here in uh, oh, about a month um, to be able to talk out. Uh, we're going to be meeting with the um, largest people in this multi-experience uh, entertainment uh, forum, like uh, the pole position raceways and Andretti karting and uh, octanes and stuff like that, that have many of these facilities and they're experienced in it because we're all in the same boat trying to figure out solutions to this. Um, got a chance to learn a lot about the international markets with karting, about how in Europe it is a straight fucking racing platform. You schedule to go race with your friends there. Um, and when you get there, it's the suit, it's the, the Hans device, it's the helmet. I mean, it is not a you go there and you play like it is in America. It's heavily gasoline-powered uh, cards. It's not electric. America's is heavily electric. Um, Europe is much more cost-sensitive to their carding operations, um, probably because there's a shitload of them, and they're all doing it exactly the same way. Um, so it gives us a, a good hope of being able to be uh, a little bit different going over there, and, I mean, people will receive that very well because I don't think people in Europe are any different than the people in America as far as what they want for fun. Um, I get it. There's cultural differences, but everybody wants to fucking play. That is a universal standard across the entire goddamn world. I don't care where you are. Everybody wants to play and have fun. That, bottom line. Um, so we're quickly trying to develop these technologies and finalize them because now people are asking for them and wanting to see them. And you know, you've got to take advantage of that as soon as you can. You don't want to release something that's so shitty off the bat that nobody believes in what you do. But you also don't want to wait until it's perfect because... By the point is perfect, more than likely it's too late. Somebody else has beat you to the market. Um, so it is a race right now. We just signed a contract with a manufacturing company to be able to come through and fit and resolve our shielding issues. Uh, we're getting a metric shitload of interference when we turn on these carts because you've got a six kilowatt electric motor in there that is generating a massive uh, magnetic field and uh, electric uh, current field or EMI, electrical magnetic interference. And the wires and the circuit boards are not protected, so they're just picking up that interference and 
just telling us to go fuck ourselves when we try to have something that actually works. So we actually hired a company that is experienced in solving these types of issues um, and wrote a contract with them. It was a $1,500 down payment, uh, $5,500 total to resolve it within three weeks. Um, if they can't resolve it, we keep the other $4,000 and we got a chance to learn a lot of things. But in the meantime, we're actually just really fucking hopeful they resolve it because that is going to put us to where we're ready to rock because the heads up display is done. The sender and receiver works. This all works until we turn the car on. After that, all we got to do is finalize the wiring harnesses and the mounting locations and things. And we have all that pretty well figured out. So combat karting is poised to just explode. Along with that, we've got to be able to launch this 25,000 square foot expansion. These two things together is why I have to step away from working hourly at the high caliber card and entertainment brick and mortar. I can't launch these things and do it well if I'm talking to a mega Karen about why her eight-year-old son isn't 54 inches tall. Those are the challenges that you run into, that you need to put quality people in place that can handle those things themselves. And so you can focus on what the next big picture is. Whether it's a promotion within a company and a team that you're building or a new business you start, you need to put the people in place to do the things that are simple to do but just have to be done over and over so that you can constantly grow your business. Put yourself out of a job. I tell this to all my managers. Create a team that is so great they don't fucking need you because what you'll find is then that business needs you more in another area. If you can create something that you literally don't have to work a day at all because it's so self-sufficient without you, my God, there is not a business out there that wouldn't throw all the fucking money at you to have you come on their team because those don't really exist. But it is possible to create that and make the next step forward. You can create it, but the minute you leave, there's probably going to be some challenges there and some changes in operation. So that's where the you know it never sustains forever because anybody who – I shouldn't say anybody – very few people create something and say, this is good enough when it's operational and it can, pro it can run itself flawlessly. Nobody ever says that's good enough with something that's, in, that's fantastic. They're always looking, what can I do better? And that's inherent to the person. So if you can look at those things on a higher level rather than focusing on how can I check customers out faster or check this customer out faster or get them to make a decision on what they're going to purchase faster, you can say, what things can I do to get to inform them to make their decision faster? Now you're thinking of signage or uh, marketing things, and who can I get to do that? And you have the meetings with the, the uh, cinematic companies to create good marketing campaigns. You know, Those are the things that it turns into. And in the meantime, all you're doing is you're taking a little bit of more investment, and rather than, let's say, let's say I'm in a job, I make $100,000 a year. And my biggest pain point is my administrative duties. I can outsource those administrative duties. It'd be about two or three months of an intense work to get somebody up and operational to understand how to do those things. But let's say it's 20 hours a week they need to do that. I can hire somebody for probably $25,000 a year for 20 hours a week to do my administrative duties so I can go do what I enjoy and what I do best at. That is how you build a team. Because then as you're enjoying that and you're doing best at that other stuff, it grows bigger. Now you need a full-time person who's doing it. Now you need two. Now you're going to teach somebody how to do the sales side of it of what you're doing because you're only talking to the really large job, the, the, the really large deals. It's just a natural growth thing of understand that there is going to be a challenge for the next investment of bringing people in that are going to support what you're doing 
but in the long term, it's going to free you up to do greater and better things. And you're going to start to refine yourself into an area that is what you love doing and what you're great at doing. That's just the natural growth process of any business. It's what our events team just did. It's what they, it's what our company has just done. And it's what anybody who starts a new job, starts a new, uh, or gets a promotion or starts a new company. It's what anybody needs to do to grow their business. All right, guys. So uh, I've talked your ear off definitely enough today. Um, please, if you know anybody that would like this podcast, please recommend it to them, share it to them. My goal is, is that one motherfucker out there is going to listen to this, take action on something I've done and maybe change their lives. I do this as often as I can. And if one fucking person were to do that, it would make it all worthwhile to me. So please share it, spread the word on this and uh, help us grow this so that my, I have a better chance of getting that to that one person. See you guys later. Have a happy holiday. Love you. Thank you.